Hey, folks, if you've been listening to our show, you've probably heard Victor talk about Hillsdale College. It's one of the few colleges in the U.S. still interested in teaching truth. What you probably didn't know is that they have over 40 free online courses. And Victor is one of the professors in three of those courses, American Citizenship and its Decline, based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America, The Second World Wars, based on his book by the same name, and Athens and Sparta, partly based on his book, A War Like No Other, How the Athenians and Spartans Fought the Peloponnesian War. Don't you wish Victor would have been one of your professors in college? Well, now you can join him as he covers some of the main ideas of his books with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, for free. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they are self-spaced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. I think I'm going to start with American Citizenship and Its Decline, where Victor explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Hey, start your free course with Victor Davis Hansen today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. hillsdale.edu slash vdh. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I'm Jack Fowler, the host, the lucky host, fortunate to be able to speak to Victor every week to get his thoughts on important issues. Victor, yeah, that's Victor Davis Hanson. He's a star and the namesake of this show. He's the Martin and Ely Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. Victor is a, a copious, no, you're not a copious writer. You're a great writer who writes copious amount of material. Maybe you're a copious writer too. I don't know. A rancher. I'm farmer. starting to worry about that. When people see me, when I speak, they say, they don't say you write great things. They say you write a lot of things. <laughs> well, you're a fire hose of greatness. How about that? Sometimes <laughs> well, you are. Um, the things you write can be found at victorhanson.com along with links to so many other things. I'll, I'll tell you about y'all about that in a little, in a little bit, a lot to talk about today. I think the first thing we should get Victor's uh, opinions on are the upcoming elections. And let's do that right after these important messages. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash victor50, that's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0, and use the code VICTOR50, that's code VICTOR50, at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love that's donorstrust.org slash just news we're back with the victor davis hansen show um i'm recording from my house by the way victor and uh, to our listeners if you if you hear if you hear dogs in the background it's just part of the it's part of the allure and the color of this well-produced program so victor Geez, it looks like there is a red wave and maybe even a red tsunami. The the uh, last potential issue or um, opportunity that may have come to the Democrats to forestall really really bad day on November eighth uh, was the uh, the economic reports that came out uh, last week, uh, a few days ago from when we're recording. But guess what? inflation the transitory inflation is not transitory it's here to stay and as we see the issues that are the top prior poll after poll the top priority issues for most voters there are not there's not a democrat issue amongst the lot even the you know abortion this was going to be some savior to the democrats is not there so victor um yeah what what are you thinking about the uh, outcome of this election forthcoming election well, I'm on record saying that I think it's kind of a broken record that it's going to be a Republican blowout because not because I want that necessarily, but I do. But because I can't see anything uh, in this whole election cycle that helps the left. I don't see that gas prices are going to go down because, you know, we're not producing 
the extra million or two million barrels that's necessary to do that. And we're not going to do that. So we have this charade that we consider fossil fuels filthy, dirty, and we don't want to be tainted by it, but we want the Saudis to produce it. And that's just not winning. It's not going to work. I don't see crime going down. I don't see the DAs suddenly in the next. I don't see Biden calling up Gascon or Fox in Chicago and saying, would you stop that and just put those people behind bar? I don't see that happening. I don't see him giving a lecture about this has to stop. So I don't think crime's going to improve. I don't see inflation. He said he was down, you know, anywhere he goes and people mention that it's California at $7 a gallon. He's, ah, it's always expensive here. Ah, we're working on it. Don't worry about it. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about anybody having to fill up. So I don't see that getting the inflation. I don't think that's going to change. He says there was zero inflation. That was the weirdest thing I ever heard. So you go 9.2 and then you get 8.3. And he says there's no inflation or 8.1 and 8.2. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's still 8% plus more than it was last year this month. So it undulates up and down, but it doesn't undulate infecting the central truth that it's sky higher than last year, which is how you measure inflation. And I don't see that getting better. He's all he's bragging about the Ukraine, but we can talk about that sometime. But Vladimir Putin has always had more assets than Ukraine. And Ukraine is fighting very heroically based on its own ability to maintain that zealotry and, and that patriotic resistance, but it's also predicated on the United States and Western Europe protecting it and giving it a blank check. And I don't know how long that's going to continue with these nuclear. Th so I don't see anything from now until November that favors Biden. And I see that a lot of things he's tried to do and thank everybody what he's tried to do. He's tried to empty the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's down, what, 50%? More than that. I think it's gone from 800 million barrels down to 350, 400 million barrels. He's tried to do that. He's tried to beg people to pump oil abroad to help him. He's tried to forgive student loans and basically said, I'll screw the working people of America that, that worked at 18 and, and they're going to subsidize through their taxes the people who are taking six units of sociology for five years and got a, a huge debt because these people that I forgive are more likely to vote for me than the lathe worker in Columbus. He's not going to vote for me, but maybe the Columbus student, perennial student, will. He's done that. He's said that COVID is still in existence at pandemic levels so that all of these handouts can continue. So he'll do and say anything because he doesn't have any issue, not one issue that polls 45%. And the, the other strategy of just calling everybody names and you know losing your temper or get off my grass type speeches coupled with these distractions that are so Merrick Garland, God, they're so predictable. The Jan and the January sixth committee, as I said, the Trump raid and the nuclear secrets, and you know, tweeting out that he's like the Rosenbergs, and that was the our presidential historian Michael Beschlaw. And then that speech where he had that eerie red background, it doesn't work. Roe versus Wade just to death. 
right. and just misrepresent everything where it says, you know what, this is a democracy under a federal republic. So it's a federal republic that has democratic aspects to it. But you know what, each state knows better than the federal government how to handle this very controversial issue. So go to it. And in a free country, if you live in Arkansas and you want an abortion on the last day, which I don't think is a very moral thing to do right. of your pregnancy, then get on your airplane and Gavin Newsom will probably help you with the ticket to go to California, which is going yeah. to be the abortion capital of the world, much more uh, permissible and liberal than anything in Europe. So I don't see anything. So yes. And then the question is, they, they're only starting seven or eight seats behind. So is it going to be 34? I think they're going to pick up 50 seats. And then the second thing is, they had a really bad cycle as far as the number of Republicans exposed versus Democrats. So everybody said the Democrats would hold the Senate. And then the narrative was that all these crazy Trump candidates can't win. And then the narrative was... Even if it's 50-50, Kamala Harris, I don't think it's going to be 50-50. I think it's going to be 52 or 53 Republican seats. I think Oz is catching up. I'm not counting out Herschel Walker. It's 50-50 there. I think Blake Masters could have a late run because there's nothing. There's two things going on, Jack. There's nothing in their opponent's campaign that anybody wants at this particular moment and it right. just depends their success or failure depends on one thing to the degree the republicans can tie them to their voting record which was a hundred percent in favor of this disastrous biden policy right. and and if they're skilled at it and blake masters in the debate was skilled so was fans <coughs> oz will be skilled at it i think they can win i think herschel walker can win yeah. i watched clips of that debate and Everybody said he didn't do well. I thought he he basically said, I'm a country boy and I speak the truth and I'm going to be a vote for traditional America. And this guy is a a rhetorician and a fraud. And he's yeah. going to he's a leftist. And we'll see how the people of Georgia interpret that. But yeah. this whole idea that there was no red wave was just the same concoction you heard in 94 and 2010. And the left always does it. It's intended to suppress voter turnout and money 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 raising that's it and they know it's a lie and then the polls as we know and particularly in pennsylvania particularly in pennsylvania but also in arizona they have a record of underestimating conservative sure support and they do that for obvious reasons and they'll remember, keep remember doing... Su susan collins was nine points down on, down no, or no, she was down but she won by nine points. no I mean, she was yeah. she was down at nine points in some, okay. some polls yeah. And as well as winning by nine points right, okay. and they're, and they're never going to change. They're never going to change because it's an effective tactic to have a mantle of disinterested objectivity and then work to say that this candidate has no chance. Don't give money to him. Don't turn out. And that's how they work it. Maybe. So Victor, the red wave, the red wave is coming as long as there's transparent voting procedures and all of these conservative groups that true the vote women and all those people get out and they bring it and they watch and they're poll watchers and we watch the vote harvesting and how it's conducted. Right. Hey, you mentioned Mayorkas before. I think you did anyway. Yes. I, I, I wanted to, I, I sent you something the other day. Uh, I'm sorry to spring this on you, but that, that story that he, he the, the controversy of the border agents whipping you know the migrants coming illegally into America 
The headline in the New York Post from the other day, Mayorkas new border agents did not whip migrants before repeating false claims. So he knew there was nothing, you know, the, photogra- the, the photographer said that he said he saw right. it. And he said that it was if you took a, one of his photographs at a particular angle, it might look like that. But he was there. And they were reining their horses who were scared about these people crossing illegally into the, this country. Right. And he knew that, but he also knew a couple of things, that if he lied, there was no downside. There was an upside. He was a loyal Biden advocate. But if he had told the truth and said, you know what, I just got information that suggests that they did not, and I'm not, they didn't do this, and I'm not going to accuse people falsely. Instead... He said it was systemic racism. It was inevitable because racism is like oxygen. It's everywhere. It's systemic. And so yeah, and there's no downside now, is there? There would have been a downside for him if he told the truth. The left would have cannibalized him. But not that I'm defending him, but he's right. if you're going to impeach people, he should be number one on the list for Amen. destroying. And number two should be Merrick Garland. Number three should be Joe Biden. And they should impeach them all and just to send it. Not that they can be convicted in the Senate. He is a toxic person. He really is. Yeah. He is. He has done more to change the nature of this country than any other leftist in that administration because the ripples of allowing three plus million people to enter this country on it, on audited with no background checks. We're going to get more and more illegal aliens like the guy in Las Vegas that just murdered people. And we're going to see, I can see it firsthand in my community. And I can tell you the people who are Mexican-American are not fond of this policy. Right. But it's very disruptive and it's it's an, it's nihilistic. It's anarchical. It's designed to destroy things. And that's what's so strange about it. Yeah. We even got the racist uh la city council complaining about it you know indirectly so it's well uh, let us i'm just surprised victor on that list of the top three that pete Buttigieg uh, didn't didn't make your top impeachable yeah it's only because he's so ineffectual i mean yeah these, these people are are capable liars i don't mean capable in their abilities but they're accomplished liars they're smooth and slick Mm-hmm. And Pete Buttigieg is just a narcissistic, blowhard, sermonizing, sanctimonious fake. Yeah. I mean, he was a mayor, a failed mayor of, no, of South Bend, Indiana. He had no no accomplishments. All he was, he knew if he got into debate stage, he sounded articulate, and he'd been over to Afghanistan. That was about all there was, and he was gay, and that's all he talked about. And then, any time there was a crisis in the transportation industry, the Airlines ran out of fuel. And I can say on four occasions, I took a airplane west and it went east to get fuel. It was out of fuel. They didn't fill it up. We couldn't get any fuel. It took off and they said, oh, by the way, we can't go to Dallas. We can't go to Salt Lake. We got to go to San Francisco to get fuel. And he didn't care. And then there was those Wild West robberies down in L.A. When you looked at all of those trains, you're still there. They're looted and you see all those poor. Every time I see those pictures... And I see those Amazon packages strewn right. about, strewn about. I think of all the people who are waiting for yeah. vitamins or a book, something very necessary, and they're never going to arrive. Right. And he didn't care. Yeah, at least Gavin Newsom put on his Patagonia outfit, his work outfit, 
right. and went out there and walked around and grimaced. But Pete Buttigieg, and then when you look at the clogged up ports and all those tankers, uh, you know, cargo, excuse me, those cargo ships right. stack, stacked out to their right. He didn't do anything except he talked about endemic racism in the highway system. And then he just virtue signaled. Yeah, well, he was on family leave, right? Yeah, he was on family leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hey, speaking of slick uh, um, liberals or leftists, you saw that <laughs> Brett Bear interview of of uh, is David Priest Price, yes. yes, the former CIA. I've got to give the guy a tiny speck of credit that he he went on uh, a, a Bear show, but. My God, talk about none of those people. That, he's one of the 50 who signed the, uh, yeah, the, this, the laptop, laptop, Hunter's laptop may have been um, uh, Russian disinformation, et cetera, et cetera. Totally unrepentant. Totally, absolutely, arrogantly unrepentant. He styles himself an academic, and I think he's written a couple books. And he's got a PhD, and he's got this smug idea that he's the thinking man CIA agent. And he got on there, and I thought Red Bear could have grilled him a little bit more effectively because his defense was simply what the Romans and the Greeks knew as praetoretio, and that means the following. If I'm Demosthenes and I'm in a speech attacking Eschines, I said, the fact that my opponent's mother conducted prostitution in an outhouse in a graveyard has nothing to do with his character. And that's what he was basically saying. He said, oh, yes, I signed a petition that said and brought it up that this laptop, missing laptop has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, wink, nod. But I didn't say that it was Russian disinformation. I'm just throwing it out there. And so it was really disingenuous and, of course, I thought Rick Bear could have said, well, you know, you didn't do that. You used right. the fee days of the CIA as John Brennan and Clapper had done with the N National Security Agency, uh, Director of National Intelligence, CIA, FBI. All of you used your impromptures to mislead the country with a tiny little escape. It's sort of like you go and buy a used car and there's 17 pages and you see one little thing that says, oh, by the way, if your cylinder heads cracked in 30 days, we're not liable. And then we told you that kind of stuff. So we right. told you we didn't say it was. And so it worked. Yeah. And Fine. when you had that, you had that disturbing poll that a third of the pop. Oh, no, it was a majority of the population, I think, thought that the had they known that the laptop was a complete fraud and hidden by the FBI, they might have affected their view of the election. And so that it really hurt Trump because it was not only that Hunter Biden was a was not uh, that he was all those things that were incriminating about Biden were not true, but it was that Donald Trump and his people in cahoots with the Russian wink nod with the Russians were doing just what they did wink nod with the dossier and the Russian collusion hoax. So it was a double whammy. It made Biden exempt and it made Trump people look bad again. It was a complete lie. I don't know if there's ever going to be 
justice for all this. I, I don't know. It's right. really, it's, it's really no. disturbing that, you know, I'm 69. I love this country, but in my, my old age, I'm getting just to look at what's happened to this country and what this crazy left has done. And it's all done it on this ancient historical premise that if you're for social equality and quality, equity of result as mandated by an elite member of government, membership of government, platonic guardians who are going to adjudicate all this. If you're for that, then any means necessary or permissible for that agenda. There's no, there's no worry that it's amoral or illegal. Right. It's not even just something in the last year or two. I've mentioned this before, Victor, but Sandy Berger, you know, stealing yep, yep. Uh, things and walking out. And, and why doesn't a guy like that do stealing national yep. security documents go to jail? How come they, the they, the they, they never pay a price? It's maddening. Uh, we'll all pay a price when we get to St. Peter, but uh, it would be nice to see some of these uh, schmucks get it, get it uh, I, on I, this I keep side. Saying, if anybody, anybody that's listening, if you get a meeting, a knock on your door by one of the new 87,000 armed IRS agent who's going to come to your house and say, we looked at your return and we don't believe that that home office is a legitimate deduction and you owe us at 1.5% interest a month, $100,000. And when you accompany me and if you said, I can't remember, uh, I remember John, James Comey said that. Or if you want to do the Andrew McCabe tact and said, oh, <laughs> I never said that I took off, took my office off. That's your problem. I didn't do that. You, know, you can either say you have amnesia or you flat out lie like the FBI directors do. It's not going to work. Right. So that's where we are now. That yeah. We have this professional class and they get on Twitter and Facebook and they, you know, they, they quote philosophers. They show little pictures of scenic uh, wildlife and this is all supposed to cement their image that they're not trump and they're not hoi polloi and that they're part of a sophisticated professional class to buy coastal elites and therefore right. they they're exempt they're despicable people all of them because yeah. they use their education and their privilege to destroy the legal corpus they do they don't care about the law if you don't have equal opportunity, the main thing that any society historically rests on is the equal application of the law. And when you destroy that, it doesn't work. And that was one of the things that plagued the South throughout its, you know, its entire existence, is that that plantation class was not only exempt uh, in a way from any ramifications of the law in a way that the poor white working class, but of course you had all this, these millions of slaves that were completely born on U.S. soil, treated entirely different. That's why it was such a bankrupt society, right. that who you were and how much money you had determined what the government said and did and treated and, and the way they went about treating you. They were the government. And so, even into Reconstruction, you know, there was still yeah. not equal application of the law. No, all the way, I would argue, all the way into the 1950s. Right. And people forget that that society was also very discriminatory about uh, the white middle class. There wasn't much of a middle class, given the legacy of the plantationist. And, uh, and so that was what was ironic about this. The civil rights movement 
was supposedly based on one thing, that we want equal application of law, regardless of race or income. And that's what we all wanted. And that's what we fought for. And then when we got it, we find out that some pigs are more equal than other pigs. Right. And it's really disturbing to see what's happened. Also disturbing, Victor, are... um recent killings of some police officers and we're going to get your thoughts on on uh, that in uh, right after these messages can't pay the irs haven't filed in a while receiving threatening letters yeah it's about to get worse the irs is hiring an army of agents targeting hard-working americans like you you need warriors on your side you need tax network usa Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful, it promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I'm Jack Fowler. Our mothership for the podcast is John Solomon's Just the News Dot com. You can find us there and you can find us on victorhanson.com. That's Victor's official uh, website that links everything Victor does, his other appearances on other podcasts, these podcasts. Uh, I know Victor was uh, just on uh, Megan Kelly's uh, podcast. You'll find a link to that on this website, the articles he writes for American Greatness, and then the articles he writes exclusively for victorhanson.com. If you're new to listening to this podcast and you are a VDH fan, you really should be subscribing 
because that gives you the ability to read the exclusive articles. They're called Ultra. Uh, Victor writes, I don't know, three a week or so, thereabouts. I mean, it's just a, a ton of verbiage uh, that he produces, and you will want to read it. But you can unless you subscribe. $5 gets you in the door, $50 uh, for the year. Uh, as for me, I um, I write for the Center for Civil Society at American Philanthropic. I write a free weekly email newsletter. I do a lot more than that, but that's one of the things I do. It's called Civil Thoughts. It's 12, 13, 14 recommended readings, some links, some excerpts of things that I think anyone with half a brain <laughs> And would would really be intrigued by. So uh, why don't you check that out? We we don't sell your names. We're not accumulating a mailing list. It's totally free, no risk. Vic, go to civilthoughts.com. Um, oh, let me also mention if you're on Twitter at VD Hansen, that's Victor's handle. And there's a great Facebook. Well, Victor's got his own Facebook page. And then there's VDH's Morning Cup. You can find that on Facebook. Go search for it. And then there's an unofficial fan club. It's called the Victor Davis Hanson Fan Club. Hey, they, they do a tremendous amount of, of uh, aggregating things Victor's done. So check them out, too. Uh, Victor, not far from where I live, uh, uh, two police officers were murdered uh, the other day, one was uh, shot in critical condition. They were lured into this uh, by two creeps, uh, lured into this uh, uh, fake, you know, uh, contrived 911 call just to be blown away. And, it, and it, this was in a week where many other across the nation, other police officers were killed, which is seems to be like, you know, every week in America now. Now in Connecticut, um, the same governor that two years ago happily signed a new law that would really disempower, if that's a word, police officers, make them liable to really expose them. He, of course, immediately, uh, Ned Lamont, he, and he's up for re-election, immediately uh, you know, decried what happened, as he should have, um, flags at half-mass, etc. Same thing from state the legislators who passed the law that really hurt uh, police officers in this state. And it's the kind of law that was passed in many states by the same people who were calling for defunding police. And now, now they're, you know, caught by the short hairs. So Victor, this is a, a political issue. It's a moral issue. Uh, it's of course, of course tied into the elections. Um, uh, crime is one of the top concerns for um, American voters, most American voters. Um, I, I don't know if, if there's anything you'd like to say. Uh, well, please yeah, do. I wrote an article once called Deterrence Makes the World Go Round. And I bet I meant all of our activities as humans and given human nature what it is, that there has to be some conscious awareness of rewards and punishments, rewards for good behavior, uh, punishments for bad, because we're born into this world as flawed creatures. And some of us will not on our own become good citizens. We have, you know, they have, they will do things that are otherwise injurious to others unless they're deterred. It's a word from Latin, de terio, to terrify or to, to make somebody afraid of something from doing something. We always use it in the terms of 
you know, nuclear deterrence or military deterrence, you know, don't try something because if you do, you're going to really regret it, that kind of stuff. And we have it in our own lives. But we destroyed all the deterrence that the police enjoyed. Once we had this rash of two or three things in the summer of 2020, first of all was the defund the police. And it was all based on the lie that followed from the death of George Floyd, that he was typical of an epidemic of African-American innocent men who were being shot while unarmed or killed during police custody. And if you didn't know that, you wouldn't believe that statistics or the Washington Post of all people did extensive and exhaustive investigations. And when you look at the rubric of all people who come in contact with the police, that is arrest or suspicion of arrest, any of that, 11 million something every year, the number of African-American that are shot while unarmed by the police statistically is no higher than white males in accordance with their demographics. That, so it was a lie. And yet they used that lie for political purposes, the left did. It created BLM. It made a kind of a pathetic movement that emerged after Trayvon Martin into a corporate sweetheart deal. It made Jesse Jackson's shakedown efforts with Operation Push look like an amateur gambit. It was just so sophisticated at that time. And then there were the so-called Soros District Attorneys, Chicago, Baltimore, Seattle, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, San Francisco. And they essentially threw out the corpus of jurisprudence. They just didn't arrest people. They didn't indict people. They didn't incarcerate them. They didn't convict them. They didn't do anything. They let them out. With often the same day, Mr. Axman in New York, remember him, he was out the same day. And I could go on, but piece by piece, insidiously, incrementally, they destroyed the deterrent ability of the police. That meant when you walk down a street, and there was that very famous clip during this period where I think it was in New York, Jack, where they threw water on the police or they dumped stuff on them and they yelled and screamed at them, the inner city community, and they had to leave. And I right. thought to myself, no one respects the police anymore. No one respects them. And so now it is open game. And it's not like the police were the FBI. The FBI, the, you know, if the police were shooting people unarmed, statistically in a racist fashion, I can see why people would want to defund them in their own communities, if that was true of their own community. But that wasn't. It was a political gambit. Part of it was involved uh, as a lead up to the election that Donald Trump incited riots or when Kamala Harris said, this is not going to end and nor should it end. It's going to go on and on. Later, she said, I didn't mean riots, even though it was two weeks after that violent riot in Washington. She knew what she was saying. And my point is, it was a political act to make Trump look either racist or incompetent and couldn't control the level of violence in, the American, in major American cities. But in that process, it became an acceptable thing to attack the police. And so now you have a situation where there's a lot of people who are coming out of the woodwork and are firing on, killing police. And why are they doing that? They're doing it besides their evil because they feel that ultimately they will not face a, I don't know, a sure arrest, a sure conviction, a sure incarceration. It's somewhere down that line of jurisprudence, they will find an out.
or that there will be large people in the community that will sympathize with them. And so it's horrible. So every policeman now in an underfunded city police department knows that when you get a call to go somewhere to a domestic residence, it's a lose, lose, lose situation. If you go there and somebody's armed or you have a confrontation, and for whatever reason that person is wounded or killed, you're going to be, right. that's it for you. Even if right. that, that's it, you're done for. If you go in there and you decide that you're not going to let that happen, if you shoot and kill a person, I'm, I'm not I'm talking in the first sense about wounding them. If you right. shoot to kill a person, you're done. That's it. If you say to yourself, you know what? I can't wound this person. I can't use any violence. I can't use strong language. And I certainly can't use my firearm to save my life. So I'm going to t- roll the dice and be very polite. Then you can, you're taking a risk of being shot. And that's not the end of it. You're going to be shot with absolutely no public contrition. You're not going to have a big, nice media. This person was heroically there. And we all know you're going to have a lot of people just "Ah, too bad. Too many coming to them, right? Had had them coming to it. And so they have a fourth option. If you don't want to go to a domestic residence and use force, you know, push hit to save yourself or to stop it, or you can't shoot or you're going to be shot, you have a fourth choice. And that means you're not going to go. Right. So that, you know, 911, oh, my husband's been beating me. Let me look, hold on. Let me look at the zip code. Hmm. Been there, done that. I ain't going. And so that's happening as we speak. And that's contributing to the crime rate as well, especially when there's not enough officers. And, you know, I think it's very unfair to minority officers because if you're in a big city, and the inner city has said again and again that we don't trust the police, A, and B, we want people of color police into our communities, then you can see what the onus has put on minority officers. Because when these domestic calls come out, depending on the race of the person, they will, in our tribal society, they will want somebody of that race. Right. Right. And believe me, this white shooter will not not shoot a policeman because he's white. And the black shooter will not not shoot a policeman because he's black. And so it, it's 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 all it's just a horrible situation, and we should all of these. It, it, there's only one remedy immediately: a, a Republican governor in some states can relieve these DAs, even though they were elected. And they they need to do all they can in that regard. And we tried to recall the LA DA Gascon, and all of a sudden, mysteriously, the signatures were said to have been improper they're trying they're suing they're going to try to do it again we did recall Budin in san francisco but they've got to recall these people they've got to fund the police they've anybody right. who stands up any candidate who said i'm for defunding the police that should be an automatic no vote on that person's re-election and yet you you can see it when they all deny it this is what's so fascinating i've been watching these uh, clips of campaigns of Walker and Warnick or Blake Masters and Kelly or Vance and Ryan or, you know, and it's amazing how these left-wing candidates do not own what they vote. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they own it as much as, you know, people think that they're just, uh, they're getting sunk by Biden, but they're getting sunk by their own voting records. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're, they're basically the subtext of all of these Senate candidates is 
well, I did vote for this crazy social agenda, and then we have crime that spiked, and we have tensions that spiked, and we have inflation and gas and no border. But I'm a, I'm a Democrat, I'm a leftist, so I'm always in a pinch going to give out free stuff, like the, you know, I'm going to give out the student loan exemptions, right. and I'm going to still say it's COVID, so the checks keep coming, and that's the only thing they've got. And I hope that people say, you know what, every time you send a check to somebody, including myself, if you are one person who gets a check, all you do is inflate the economy. And I end up paying one right. way or the other at the gas pump or at the meat counter or something for your inflationary policies. Well, Victor, one politician who um, has had enough of that, who was a Democrat, who is no longer a Democrat, is Tulsi Gabbard. I don't think there's any surprise that she uh, has left the party, but she did, and she did it in a pronounced way. So uh, I'm just curious. We've never—I don't recall us ever talking about her before. Do you? Yeah. What are your thoughts about I just, her leaving uh, and her and and yeah, her herself, if that's a proper phrase? I uh, I just spent two weeks ago in Spokane. I spoke to a group later in the evening, and she was the earlier speaker. So we sat together for dinner. And I had a long conversation with her. And it was clear to me that she had gone through a political transformation in this sense, that when she was on the stage in 2020 as a strong critic of optional wars, and she had warned about the abuse of power of the deep state, she had done that from sort of a traditional democratic point of view that no longer was operative in her party. What I'm trying to say is that she was kind of like a Frank Church or an earlier ACLU or a Democrat in the 1950s warning about McCarthyism, but they don't exist anymore. They're just either with us for any any means necessary or you're a pariah. And she had gone beyond that now, and she'd seen that the fact that you couldn't do that in that party, that is voice legitimate bipartisan criticism of whether it's an optional war or, you know, suggests you should be very skeptical or worry about a blank check given to the Ukrainians, uh, given the stakes that could ensue for us in a nuclear standoff with Putin. But she had gone beyond that worry of the FBI overreach or CIA. And now she was talking about things that I couldn't believe she would mention. I don't think any Democratic politician, or for that matter, any Republican will talk about it. And one of the things she's talked about is systemic anti-white racism by all of these groups that think it's, you know, it's, it, you just get a blank check. I was watching on television. I, I just surfed channel. You wouldn't believe, Jack, the number of movies or something to the effect of white men can't jump, white mm -hmm. people are stupid, or white a buffoon they have it in the title even yep. and you look at those commercials and it's almost the reverse of the racist step and fetch it of the 1940s it's the dumb white guy who just sits around with a perplexed lost look on his face why some person of color instructs him how to use the garage new garage door opener or how to open his new luxury car or any of this stuff and then you correlate that with a Joy Reid, you know, screaming all this racist stuff without any pushback or Maxine Waters or white, 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 white. And everybody knows what's going on. It's not just, and you saw it with the LA City Council when they call him a white bitch. Right. And, and 
and so everybody a guy, knows it. Yeah, a white, a, a homosexual, right. gay, gay white man. So my point is, everybody knows that everybody's afraid, but she's not. It's one of the things that she mentioned that night. It's one of the things she mentioned in her video that it's anti-white racism and it's destruction of the concept of free speech. And so she's developing as an independent. She's not going to register, I don't think, as a Republican, but she's positioning herself, I suppose, of being sort of a, I don't think she's going to run as a third party candidate, but I can see her positioning herself, if that's her aim, at politically as maybe a high level appointee in a, a conservative administration. Yeah. Well, yeah, her her political chops are uh, or skills are are pretty solid. I mean, she did kneecap. Yeah, uh, you know, what's her puss, our vice president in those debates? She did. She did. With she really and and that resonates today. And that's always a a good sign of a candidate when they say something in a debate that years later still resonates. When she said to Kamala Harris, "Well, then you put all these people in jail for truancy and minor marijuana possession," because Kamala Harris, of all people, was bragging about her administration decriminalizing marijuana, which was her criminalization of uh, a mere possession was one of the things that she wrote uh, as her former self reputation as a crime fighter. You know, another thing, just, uh, you know, I always look at stuff when I go speak. What's happened today is if you go speak in a venue, it's not, you know, showing up at seven o'clock for your talk or 730 for dinner it's you go it's a six to seven hour marathon because the groups you know they have to raise money to hire a speaker you come in so what usually happens you have a vip reception for 30 or 40 minutes and then you have a photo op in the age of covid you know it's kind of weird because you might have 400 people that you take pictures with in an hour and a half then you have the regular reception and then you may have a final meet and greet, and then you have the dinner, and then you speak, and then there's a book signing, or there's a smoker or something, and it, it's a six-hour marathon. And so what I, when I've done that, and I usually have to do it, I'm not going to speak as much anymore because of other concerns, but my point is, I watch how other people handle that. It's not, and I won't mention a name of a very prominent never-Trumper, but I was with him when he said to people, I'm not going to sign that, don't bug me. No, I won't do that. Oh, I'm not shaking your hand. Just get away. I'm really? Talking. Yes. Well, you, you tell me offline. I want to. I will this tell is. you I who it was. I know it. <laughs> I think people would, if I told you, they'd say, "Yep, that makes sense." But I'm not okay. going to say. All right. But but in her case, we were there, and we finished the op-ed, and then a couple came late. We were sitting down talking, and they said, "But I, I, we came late. Can you go back way over there and stand there and do?" And we said, "Yes." And she was affable, talked to the people. We went back yeah. and sat down. Two more couples came and said, but I, I want a picture. And then the host, one of the host committee members said, well, I'm sorry. The, the photo op session has now been, we're into the VIP and they're not, no, no, that's okay. I'll do it. And then during the evening, you know, we were sitting at the table and people came up and said, I got to talk to you and interrupted conversation, talked to her that entire time. Nobody was watching and she was completely affable, personable, yeah. nice, just as there. That's one of the few public figures. And I see a lot of them right. that in private, 
their personas are are the synonymous with their public appearances and oh cool that, that, that's really i thought that was on i did ask her one question i said tulsi because i developed a a liking for tulsi tea you know i think it's called holy bass basil basil it, holy oh, basil. you mean like tea t-e-a-t drinkable tea or yeah yeah okay okay t-u-l-s-i and that's an okay. I think it comes from India, the practice. We know it as holy basil, but it's supposedly All right. an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory relaxant. So I just said to her, because I drink it sometimes. In fact, I'm having a cup right now. And okay. I said to her, were you named after a tea? And she said, yes, I was. You're, you're the first person to mention that to me. Oh, wow. So holy, holy basil, Batman. All right. I, 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 th I think her father uh, was Hindu. Uh, yeah, she, yeah 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 i think she's a, she's part a quarter Samo somalian from samoa samoan i think right. her father was and then she, a mixed parent mixed samoan and married i think his mother was from the midwest and they moved she said when she was a little girl to hawaii yeah for some reason i think that there's rome that she was catholic too but i, I believe she is hindu uh, now and, and and has been but yeah uh, i i think she is yeah and you all know, right well, uh, well well that's good to hear very, your, she's uh, very she's very knowledgeable i know that she comes off as very therapeutic and empathetic but that's not a fake i watched her and, yeah and some people can be very pushy you know you'll just be eating and you're writing a conversation and you're saying to her what do you think of the excuse me excuse me i don't want to interrupt your dinner but I've got an idea that came up to me and I want to put it past you. And they're standing right in, but you know, right there I know. Oh, and they start God. screaming on you. And I always say, what is it? You know, or I sign, but she was, she was, I'll be happy to hear what you have to say. Yeah, no problem. If anybody at the table object, I, I have no, and that's the way she was the whole evening. Yeah. I, on that last point, and we have to move on to one final topic, but uh, I, you know, the pleasure of having lunch with you and uh, Dan Mahoney earlier this year. And I yeah, wasn't just much, some, I wasn't, some, <laughs> no, you were, you were, you, but, I had you, long, I was really suffering my worst long COVID, the first month of it. You were, you were in a bad way, but even you in a bad way is a good thing. And uh, yeah, someone just came over and there. There's X amount of people, percentage of people out there that think nothing of uh, of uh, being the you know the turn in the punch bowl of a private conversation yeah. or a private meeting. It's but and you have to have endured that. So yeah, I have. Like, yeah, yeah, and and that and that I remember that particular case. Not only did come at lunch, but I we were just breaking up. So when I was walking back to the hotel elevator, he followed me. He was ready to get in the elevator, and I kind of felt bad. And I said, you know, I'm not infectious, but I have long COVID. So if I don't sound enthusiastic, it's because I'm completely wiped. As soon as I use the C word, COVID. <laughs> Magic. Watch, that, watch yeah. me make you disappear. Yeah. All right. Hey, hey, Victor, we have, um, we're going to talk about one more thing on this uh, podcast, and that's going to be a serious matter. Uh, Iran. Riots there, Saudi Arabia. I think it's one one ball of wax uh, we can get you to to discuss uh, briefly, and uh, we'll do that right after uh, this final important message. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded 
January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson show. And I do have one more commercial to, to mention. And I, I had um, someone gave me some grief on, on uh, via email. How come you didn't tell me or tell us yet that there's an app for the for Victor Hansen's website, victorhansen.com. I think Sammy I said, just did, she just got it. Oh, yeah, it's it's up. So I I th- you know I knew there was a a beta. I looked at a beta uh, to, and to help try to test it in my ineptitude. But if you go to the Google Play Store, you can find uh, the app. Now I'm not sure if it's if you look under Victor Hansen or if you look under the Blade of Perseus, but You'll find it. You will find. Uh, she will. She's been. She's been very. Uh, Sammy has been telling me all of her work with PayPal. You know, because of that illegal extortionist idea they floated that leaked that they had the legal and, and moral right to go into your PayPal account. Right. Well, and that's. Con- let's. You want to talk about that briefly? I, I just did. They they thought <laughs> they could confiscate twenty five hundred dollars and of right. your money as judge, jury, and executioner because they didn't like your opinions and of course when that got out poor sammy who also in addition to being one of our podcast hosts handles the website uh and the podcast was just inundated with people saying i can't use paypal i'm sorry so she was she's getting another venue or already has as well as paypal but that was a multi-billion dollar stock lapse i think i think things have got wide scale i'm not using this anymore yeah, well, it couldn't yeah. happen to nicer people, but that is the you know the how many in so many ways in our we can we conduct our lives or businesses electronically and uh, you know, for example Salesforce, which is a you know huge company that's used for you know all kinds of other businesses use it for their data systems. But if you're a conservative organization, guess what? You know you're going to be deplatformed or you know, even major banks. I remember Wells Fargo a few years ago. If you're, you know, in business, but anything to do with guns or knives, uh, we're not going to do business with you. And I, I, which I always thought was funny because the Wells Fargo logo was a stagecoach with a guy on it with his shotgun, right? You know, but uh, it's, it, is a, it is difficult for people on the right or not of the left to uh, conduct business in the society, or even just house their own money uh, in in a in a in a way that's uh, not going to uh, lead to potential abuse by the left. So, I mean, it, uh, it, I think it makes, I think it's you know, its profits is like five billion. I don't talk about the multi-billion 
right. or even even trillion dollars and dollar amount of transactional volume. But my God, I think they net in the many billions, four or five billion dollar net. Right. So when they, when they, I don't know who would be so insane even to write a memo that would violate the trust because their whole brand is use us and the thief, the cyber uh, criminal, uh, the doxer, and none of them can touch you. And then to go in there and violate that trust, even if it was theoretical and not actualized, is just the height of insanity. Right. And uh, it's it's but and it also feeds into that narrative of Amazon and Google and Apple trying to strangle Parler in the cradle as they did right after January 6th or Devin Nunes's and the Trump new, Truth Social and Google, you know, not putting it on its app store, deliberately trying to punish them or the Merrick Garland SEC going out of its way to deny a merger that would be necessarily in, a, an infusion of cash through a public offering. All of these government-Silicon Valley efforts to stifle competition and then and to do anything other than what, what they're supposed to do, that is provide a product and a service, but they can't keep their hands off of that. And so PayPal was just insane. And, and, you know, it was so weird because it came out at the same time that Gavin Newsom signed a bill here in California saying that doctors who promulgate disinformation as, and they defined it as misinformation, right? They defined it as uh, advocacy or thoughts or information that is contrary to the accepted a scientific consensus and i'm thinking according to their standard madam curry pasteur mm -hmm. jenner none of them would ever be able to right. uh to have said anything and then who would have been able to say something the guy who told us you need one shot two shots three shots four shots five mrna <laughs> shots wear one mask no mask two mask the guy i did said go on a cruise ship but no travel bands that guy who shall remain unmentionable? <laughs> does his name rhyme with phony Fauci? Phony yes, Smouchy? it does. Yes, <laughs> but, but, I, I'm but, laughing because I don't miss it. I don't wish anybody on happiness. But when I see his face these days, yeah, and he looks at this midterm, he looks wrinkled and tired. You know why? Because he has a rendezvous with Rand Paul. Yeah, and he has been so rude and obstructive, and Rand Paul is going to barbecue him he really is he's going to rake him over the coals and he's going to do that because he's got the truth on his side because when those emails are revealed about gain in function uh, subsidies and then we have peter dasik getting more money from the fauci health conglomerate right, right. so it's not going to be good and then and, and fauci himself how these guys can well, we all know they 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 go into certain government service and they come out multimillionaires. It's uh, it should but be fi fi so anyway. Pfizer, yeah, uh, during all of that, yeah. Well, Victor, let's let's uh, wrap up today's show with your thoughts. Uh, and I, I maybe I shouldn't stick them together, but there are these um, significant ongoing riots in Iran where uh, where there's still. I think I read a, an article yesterday or maybe it was early this morning of uh 200 people uh sh protesters who've been gunned down by the 
by the government. These are, I mean, the, that this is persisting with such bloodshed shows, you know, a strong degree of desire for change uh, among the Iranian people. And this, I don't think it's unimportant to, to uh put this in the same discussion bucket as what Joe Biden and his and his um, uh, attitude and policy towards Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is not the kingdom of heaven, um, and, but but it's a it's a clearly a, a player of for many reasons. And it's also a counter to the despic truly despicable Iranian government. So. I don't know, Victor, that's a big blob there. But if you have any thoughts about what's happening in Iran. Yeah, and- I mean, the thing, Iran is sitting on a volcano for two reasons. One, for all of its talk about being a Shia Persian nation, it's not. It's only, I don't know what it is, 60% Persian by population. They've got Kurds, they've got Aborigines, they've got Lurs, they've got Armenians, they've got Arabs. 40% of the country is not Persian. So they've got ethnic tension. And this woman that was killed was, I think, Kurdish. So there's a subtext that a Persian elite has not fairly shared the reins of power in a tribal society. Hint, hint about where we don't want to go. Second, and more importantly, actually, I shouldn't say second, is that this is not a theocracy in the traditional sense. Aztec theocracy or something. It is a corrupt theocracy. So the Rap and Johnny family, I mean, they have apartment buildings, they have stocks, they have real estate in Europe, the United States, they're corrupt. And so when these people are told to cover up, they see these people in the cleric class driving around in Mercedes and BMWs and jet private jets at the airport. It's a total, it's just as corrupt or more corrupt than the Shah without the pretend the Shah at least didn't have the pre- pretense that the Shah's government was this devout Islamic purity. It wasn't. And everybody knew it. And but this this group, you know, 45 years, 43 years after the revolution, still maintains that. And so it suffers the additional wage of hypocrisy. The second thing that's very important to realize is we are wedded to a bankrupt, harebrained policy in the Middle East vis-a-vis Iran. And you really saw it in 2009 when the Obama administration, almost the first foreign policy crisis was the so-called Green Revolution, where one million Iranians hit the streets and they thought their multicultural, multiracial, left-wing heartthrob was going to be an advocate for them. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Now, why didn't anything happen? Nothing happened for the same reason nothing's happening right now. You haven't had any strong support from this government in Washington. And the reason why is that whether it's John Kerry working for Obama or it's Anthony Blinken working for Biden, they are wedded to this idea of an Iran deal. They want to, it's not that they want to postpone nuclear proliferation. They, they say they do, but that Iran deal will guarantee they will get a bomb within five to 10 years if they don't already get have one or have one in the next year. But they want to lower sanctions or eliminate them. They want Iran to go back into the international community and, and get rich. And out of that process, 
the Iranian Persian Shia, as they envision it, block will have an arc from Tehran to the Mediterranean, all the way to the West Bank. So all of these terrorist groups, the Assad dynasty, Hamas, Hezbollah, the remnant government in Lebanon, and of course, the Iranians will pose a counterweight to the conservative Saudi kingdom, the Gulf monarchies, and the Israel, who are not authentically revolutionary. And in this left-wing insanity, they're going to think, you know what? Hey, Israel, we want you to have a plebiscite, or we want you to give back the Golan Heights, or we're not wedded to you as a allied broker. We're an adjudicator of Mideast tensions, and, and this new Shia bloc and all of its population and power, and maybe its nuclear capability, will balance your nuclear capability and your now new alliance. And we're telling the Saudis the same thing. You know, well, Mr. Mr. Saudi Royal, you don't want to pump oil or you want to side with Israel? Well, then look at Iran over there. They may have, be able to send some missiles, and this time when they hit you, they'll be nuclear. That's what we're doing. So we're not going to say a word about uh, domestic insurrection. And notice that none of the leftists in the university are talking about this, because in theory, they should be very, very adamant in support of these women. Right. They've got they got all of the contours of a progressive resistance movement. They're women. They're talking about free expression. Mm -hmm. They're talking about constitutional government, and they're against a homophobic, racist, tribalist, theocratic fifteenth-century government. And we don't hear anything. Yeah. Uh, actually, feminist movement, whatever it is or was, and I think it's probably in America has changed significantly over the years. Still, it always seemed to be mum about what's happening to uh, women in Iran and, and under other uh, despotic, particularly Muslim countries. No, I mean, and in the feminist movement, if you're making $450,000 as a CEO and you don't get a rapid promotion or some guy pats you in the wrong way, which he shouldn't do, I want to make that clear. That is something that's an existential issue, not a woman being beheaded right. for supposed adultery or being stoned. That's right. not. And so, yeah. Or even for being raped. They ended up being, being executed because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. I had a student come in not too long ago, well, within the last three years, and he had a little intersectionality chart. And he was trying to ask me questions about it. I don't know if he was doing it for a paper or just a joke, but... He tried to ask me which intersectional lever out pressures the other one. And so right. in this particular case, you have careerism, domestic uh, women's liberation vis-a-vis -vis, uh, a theocratic government, right-wing homophobic. But who wins in that? I.e., who do you speak out there? Right. Or are, you, are you more concerned? And it, 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 it's usually that, and, and my point of view, that whatever an affluent leftist American uh, minority or uh, protected group, oppressed group, or self-described victimized group feels is most important for their own career advancement. I'm being cynical, but not necessarily on right. truth wrong. That's where they come down on. Right. Yeah. Well, Victor, um, we're 
out of time, except to say thank you to our listeners for uh, being joining us for yet another episode of which uh, you share copious wisdom, as you always do. We thank those uh, for whatever platform you l- listen to this uh, podcast on. Um, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, thanks, uh, uh, Apple. Um, Apple, you can leave a rating. Please, if you consider you know, rating the show, please do. Most people give it five stars. We thank you very much. We hope we deserve five. I think Victor deserves 10, but five's the limit. People leave comments. We read them. People also leave comments on your website. And I, and I, I want to read one uh, from... Um, that, that was left f- uh, for a podcast we did titled War, Italians, and Gender Dysphoria. And this is a, a short note, a uh, short comment from Paula McDermott, who wrote, uh, I very much enjoyed your discussion of Catullus's Addis poem. Another ancient who well understood transgenderism is Juvenal, although he is strong medicine for modern snowflakes. <laughs> Victor, I'll have to, I'll have to take Paula at her word. I assume no, I, you uh, understand that. I, I'll, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he wrote ten. Um, I think sixteen. Is that right? Satires. It's not easy to read. It's a uh, silver age, we call it, and me, and I think most of the men are hexameters, even. So it's not even to read, read juvenile. But he's like reading all, old English, is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, in Latin, it's it's a it's because it's poetry in general. Yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of uh, got a strange vocabulary, and it's it's grammar and syntax are subordinated to metrical considerations and poetic. Vocabulary. The sixteen satires are not easy, but there is one, you know, about women that's that's uh, very. I mean, it's kind of a rant against empowered women. But there's a lot of. I think the the li- listener is talking about a lot of the contemporary echoes in the and his corpus of poetry. They're really good. I mean, we get a lot of really famous things out of Juvenile. Who will police the police? Okay. Qui custodi custodies custodia that that. Because that comes from juvenile and uh, bread and circuses that comes from juvenile. Okay, just off the top of my head. Right. And uh, so it's it's you know, and that famous thing, it's difficult not to write satire. <laughs> that comes from I think the first satire, and it's very rich corpus. I really appreciate that somebody would bring it out. All right. Well, that's Paula McDermott. Thank you, Paula. Hey, Victor. Thanks again as ever for. Uh, another great uh, show and thanks everyone for listening and we will be back. Soon. Oh, can I say one thing before we leave? I remember of course, it's your show. What, one thing just, one <laughs> thing just came in my mind. I yes. think it, it's either satire two or three oh. where, uh, where one male marries another male and juvenile sort of says, whatever drugs you take, I guess trans, transitioning drugs you can you're never going to be able to have a baby <laughs> so rome rome and its most affluent and leisure cycle was very similar to modern western world yeah well a for effort and uh, d on execution i guess so okay all right thanks very much everyone we'll be back soon with another episode of the victor davis hansen show bye-bye thank you for listening everybody once again If you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. 
The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters, millions. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why does the IRS target you and not millionaires? Here's the reason, because millionaires have tax lawyers and you don't. You'll pay up plus interest plus penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need it now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor, like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and which ones to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. Call 1-800-245-6000. Again, call 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash victor.